I'm currently 26, and this happened back in 2015. I was then a 19-year-old guy living in a rather bad area of Portland, Oregon. Even though there were occasionally some belligerent homeless people and drug addicts, violent muggings were pretty rare and most of the city felt very safe, even at night. One of my best friends turned 21 and we decided to go bar hopping and then to go clubbing. I was in a group of about a dozen other people and three of which were my roommates. Unfortunately for me, I was the only one in my group who was either under the legal drinking age or didn't have a fake ID with me. This meant that I was unable to enter the bar. However, to my luck, there was a nice Mediterranean restaurant right across the street from the bar, which I ended up going to and staying there for more than an hour before I was ready to leave and go home. Now I've done this walk many, many times, even at night, so I was never scared, until this night of course. From my apartment, my roommates took an Uber to the bar. This meant I would have to walk back since I didn't have an Uber and my phone battery was running low. The distance back to my apartment was about three miles. The time was already close to midnight and I would be reaching my apartment at around 1 a.m. I decided to walk the distance anyway since I haven't been at the gym and thought this would be good exercise. I begin my walk and pass by lots of drunks. Even though some of the drunks would shout things at me, I never felt unsafe or threatened by them, so I was okay. However, the last mile to my apartment was through a darkly lit park that can be scary at night. Not because of any crime, but because there is only one street light on that stretch of road. I reached this somewhat creepy area at around 12.30. As I descend down the dark and narrow street, I notice a black Chevy Silverado speed past me, and they slow down as they creep by. The truck almost comes to a stop, but then decides to drive ahead. I begin to shrug it off at first. However, this is where things start to get a little creepy. After I walk nearly a quarter mile forwards, the Chevy Silverado comes down in the opposite direction and then does the same exact thing. When the truck slows down and almost comes to a halt, I begin to panic, but not openly show it. I pretend to ignore the vehicle, but my instincts tell me that something just isn't right. The truck then starts to proceed, but this time, I can't keep calm. I was now in the middle of a dark and isolated park with no street lights, and there likely won't be a single person in sight. After I walk about 500 feet more, I begin to look on in horror as the same pickup truck comes flying towards me and suddenly breaks about a hundred feet behind me. One man, around twice my age and bald, opens the passenger side door and comes out of this truck carrying what looks like a hockey stick. I look behind and lock eyes with him. He gives me the most haunting and sinister look I've seen from a real person in my life. He begins to yell, get out of my sight or I'll mess you up mud slime. I'm of Indian origin and have brown skin, and mud slime is a racial slur directed towards Muslims. As I was planning my escape, I remember how there was a wooded area between the park and my apartment. Where I was, I can cut across the park and go through some woods. Then right across the woods would be my apartment, my refuge. This was smart because I've taken that shortcut during the day, and the truck won't be able to cut through the woods. Just as I took off running, I heard another yelling in the distance, F**k off, asshole. This was another large guy walking on the opposite direction of the sidewalk that I was on. I then see another large man walking his German Shepherd towards me. After that, the truck driver then started running at us with his hockey stick, and I continued to run for it. I dart towards the woods, 
Fortunately, the truck driver decides not to chase us and gets back into his truck. I reach my apartment not five minutes later. At the parking lot of my apartment, I happen to see the big guy that was walking his dog. He looked like a roughed up bodybuilder, so I was also a little afraid of him. However, we had a pleasant conversation. I begin to head up to my apartment, and as I look out my own window, I happen to see in disgust and horror that black Chevy Silverado drive by my apartment three times before leaving. My friends came back home close to three in the morning, just after I went to bed that night. Thankfully, I never saw that creep again, and I moved out of that apartment a few months later. After this incident, I avoid walking alone in dark spots and isolated areas at night, mainly because if I ever see Chevy Silverado Man again, I may not have bodybuilder guy walking his German Shepherd to come to my aid. This happened in 2016, when I was a 17-year-old first-year college student in film school. I'm now 22 years old, female, and my name is Julia. I lived alone in my first-ever apartment. It was really small, but I was very proud of my independence. I never felt unsafe in this apartment for multiple reasons. There were several gates in the residence that needed to be opened through a code that only the people who lived there knew. My door had three different locks, and it was right next to the university, so most people who lived in the neighborhood were college students. Nothing bad had ever happened in the neighborhood before. I've always been very careful with locking the door when I leave my home. I always check twice. I have slight OCD like that. So this one time, I leave to go to class and lock my door, but for some reason, I couldn't get the key out of the lock. It was completely stuck, so I went to get the caretaker of the building to help me, but he wasn't there and I was gonna be late for class. So I ended up going to class with the key still in the lock. I took the keychain first so it wasn't too noticeable. When I got home, the caretaker was back, so he came to help me, but we couldn't get it out for 15 minutes until somehow he did. He told me the lock was damaged, but that I didn't necessarily need to change it if I only locked it once instead of twice. I just said, okay, and that was the end of it. I really wasn't worried because of how safe I felt in this building. Flash forward two months later, I was taking out the trash one night around 11 p.m. while I was on the phone with my sister. I remember telling her that I was taking out the trash, then that I would take a shower afterwards because I was heading to a party. As previously said, I always locked the door, even just to take the trash out. Because of my lock being damaged, I only locked it once. When I got back to my apartment though, I found the door unlocked, which immediately alarmed me. So I went into the apartment and locked the door right behind me with the three different types of lock. Now to give you a picture, when you walk into my apartment, you have the main room right in front of you, the bathroom door to your left, and I had left the bathroom door slightly open, just enough that I could see a man in my shower with his back turned to me. Naturally, when I saw this, I tried to open the door and leave as fast as possible, except my main lock was damaged from two months earlier and I couldn't open it no matter how hard I tried. In this moment, all I could think of was the fact that I had to leave as quickly as possible. I jumped out the window without really thinking. I figured it was the only solution, except I lived on the second floor, so I completely smashed my ankles in the landing. I started running in whichever way I could, and when I got a little bit further from the building, I looked back, and a man was there, at my window, watching me run away. I thought of two possible outcomes. Either the man was going to jump and chase me, except I wouldn't get far with my twisted ankles, or he would be too scared of the height 
and then be locked in my apartment. Thankfully, he picked the latter of the two options. I ultimately found myself in some bushes a little ways away from my apartment where I called the police and they arrived in just 10 minutes because I lived so close to the station. They pushed my door in and the man was sitting on the couch holding a kitchen knife waiting for me to come back. It was as if he didn't think I would call the police. So they arrested the guy and later told me that he had already been arrested for assault, attempted kidnapping, attempted murder, as well as another couple of scary charges. They also told me how everything had happened. Like I said, it was a very friendly neighborhood with mostly college students, so he got inside the building by other people holding the door for him. He then heard me telling my sister I was going to take a shower, which was why he was waiting in the bathroom for me. He had messed with my lock and knocked in my door while I was taking out the trash. He apparently noticed me on school campus and followed me to my home several times before succeeding in actually coming in. He stayed inside waiting for me because I had recently changed my phone and the previous one was still on the table, so he thought that I was without a way to actually call the police. I don't live there anymore, but after that, to get into the building we all needed an ID proving we lived there. Building IDs were created and we had to scan them every time and it was the only way to go inside the building. Nothing bad happened in the neighborhood after that. It's back to being a very peaceful and friendly place. And to the current resident of apartment 217, I truly do hope that they replace those locks. So my stepsons are seven and 10. They play with five other boys in our area, which are of similar age and all go to the same school in our neighborhood. We live in a city that is large, but we feel very safe here and have almost zero crime around us. So when the kids wanna to go to the park or play with friends, my husband and I tend to agree that it's okay. They'll be gone for hours going from house to house, swimming, jumping on trampoline, scootering, skateboarding. Sometimes they're all at my house in the pool. I'm in a texting network with the other parents, so we feel like we have a pretty safe system. However, our state has been known for human trafficking because we're so close to the border. It's just something that I worry about. So I bought the boys those bright orange sexual assault whistles and tied them to their backpacks. At home, I had them each blow into the whistle as hard as they could so they knew how loud it was and taught them to only use them in emergency situations, which we've discussed what constitutes an emergency. Today, on break from school, the kids wanted to do a lemonade stand. Now something in my gut told me to say no and that's not a good idea even though they had their own little garage sale around Christmas to make money to buy gifts, and the neighborhood thought it was so cute that they actually got a ton of donations and made some very good money. I didn't have any worries that time. Today was different for me though. As my older stepson was making his signs, I reminded him about interacting with strangers, and he needs to watch out for his brother. And then he asked me, Should I bring my whistle? I said yes, great idea. I took it off his backpack and put it around his neck, and I told him I'm going to leave the window open. If you feel scared, or if something happens, you blow that whistle like there's no tomorrow, and I'll run outside. An hour or so goes by, and I'm into a documentary that I'm watching, when I hear that whistle, and my stomach drops. I dash outside to see a flashy red car. I believe I was looking, running towards the kids, and so I wasn't paying close enough attention to the car, but I immediately see all the kids are accounted for, as a guy is getting back into his car. 
my older son says that the man in the car got out and was talking to them asking them their ages and invited my younger son to get into his car. I had literally told my older son earlier, do not get into or near anyone's cars. So he said he didn't feel safe anymore and blew that whistle as hard as he could. My son said the car was what's known as a demon, which I believe is a Dodge Charger. That's what my son told the police. I got a good look at the guy, but I didn't get the plates. He was getting into his car as I was making sure the kids were accounted for, and I pounded the hell out of his hood, asking him why he would ever invite a child into the car, and then he drove away. I wasn't thinking clearly and was in a bit of a panic, so that's why I didn't get the plates, even though I was right there. Now that's something that I'll forever be upset at myself about, but the kids were all talking and I just went into protective mode and thought to call the police. The police said they searched our entire neighborhood for the car and put out a description of the guy and the car with a now possibly dented hood for me. I'm so damn thankful for that $10 whistle that I ordered off of Amazon. Sometimes you just know when stuff is about to go down. Still so shaken up about it and all of the kids and parents are super concerned. We have a community website and we posted about our encounter on the website for other parents to be aware of as well. I don't know for certain that that guy was up to no good, but if he wasn't, why leave so suddenly? I don't know. My view on safety has been wrecked and it's going to take a while for things to feel okay again, I think. Make sure your kids have a plan for emergencies. They have intuitions also, and there's just something about that gut feeling that you shouldn't ignore. It just amazes me sometimes. Thank you.